1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Men at Acme. I am so excited for this bonus episode today with Lola and Amanda. I feel like you guys are gonna learn a lot about libido and things like that and also about how CBD can positively affect your life. So definitely a good Listen today. Um, And I know that some of you had asked for some extra episodes. So hopefully, this serves as that for you. Before we get into the episode, I'm just going to answer a few of your questions that you had for this week's episode that I did not get to for Sunday. And um, we'll start with somebody said relationships should they be easy or hard work? How do you tell the difference between struggle and growth? It's a really good question. I actually, this is so controversial, but I feel like relationships should be easy. I had a guest on like very early on who told me this. And I remember thinking to myself like, that can't be true. That's just, there's no way. Like relationships are hard and they are hard, but I don't think that they should be hard in the beginning. So like, hear me out. I think the first year or two of your relationship should be easy. I think that your partner should be making your life better, not making it more challenging and, you know, more stressful. I think that every good relationship starts with that easiness. And then things like, obviously, you know, can get harder as there's more at stake, like you're, let's say, planning a wedding or you have kids and you have to make harder decisions or you live together and you're dealing with finances. But I think that the easiness has to be there in the beginning for it to work. And then the hard work comes in. But if you don't have that easy foundation, I don't believe that the hard work is worth it if it's too soon, if that makes any sense. How to tell your partner you live with that you're going to masturbate in the next room. This is so funny because we talked about this on this exact episode. I think you just say like, I'm going to go do." whatever you call, whatever your little name for like masturbating is, and you just do it. Like, I think the right person will not try to be controlling about that and they'll either respect it or they'll be turned on by it. But it's very normal to masturbate in a relationship, especially if like you're both busy and you don't have time to be intimate with one another. Difference in intelligence levels slash intellectual curiosity between partners. Can it work? I actually really do not think that it can work. I've tried that. And anytime I've ever dated someone that I felt like I was smarter than it ended up being a terrible relationship because it's like you initially have contempt for your partner. And I would imagine it's the same the other way around. Like, I don't think that book smart wise, I am as smart as my partner, but I do think that I challenge him and, I just feel like if that weren't the case for me too, like I would be so bored in my relationship. Like I want to have these interesting discussions. I want to like be the, you. if you're not on the same intellectual level, like how are you going to be like an advisor to each other about your careers, which is like a huge thing that you become as someone's partner. So I would say it doesn't work, but I will ask a poll question. You're... Boyfriend can't orgasm. Anxiety too in his head. Worried he isn't good, but he is. How to help? This is interesting because I've only really heard it the other way around. But I would say that if you're dealing with this problem, see if like he can do it on his own. If it's like something related to you. And then we have an episode on this that could be really helpful with Dr. Justin Homan about like why guys struggle to get hard. An orgasm for both men and women is so mental too. And I feel like this is a big part of it, especially because you said he's too in his head and worried he isn't good. But also just like ask him what feels good, what you can do to make it better for him. Maybe watch porn together, like switch it up and really try. Somebody asked, can a relationship work if you both see yourself living in different places? I actually don't think that this could work. I think it's like when you find your person, like they are home to you, which sounds so cheesy, but it's really true. And so if neither of you will compromise on where you want to live, then to me, I'm like, well, neither of you love each other enough to want to just be with the other person wherever that is. So that's my thought on that. But it's definitely something that you can compromise on. And it's not like a total lost cause but definitely needs to be figured out, like ASAP. How to not put all your eggs in one basket and not get attached fresh out of a relationship? Well, I feel like fresh out of a relationship is the best time to not get attached because you're probably still emotionally invested in your ex. So I would say just make sure you're making yourself go on dates. Even if you go on a date with someone you like, keep going on other dates too. It's so, so important. Egg freezing. So, this is really interesting. I actually went for a consultation with egg freezing like three years ago when I was in my last relationship, just because I was like unsure if we would, you know, be together and if I would have kids. And I was like nearing 30. And when I went for my consultation, they do kind of like a check to see how you're doing and how many eggs that you have, like a fertility check. And if it looks good, then in my opinion, I don't think that you need to freeze your eggs, but I know that if people have the means to do it and they feel more comfortable doing it and not pressure on a timeline, then it's really amazing. It's it's a shitty experience to go through, but the end result to have those eggs is really, really incredible. And then last question. Oh, so a lot of you have asked me about Tink's box theory and i love tink's to death but i actually don't agree with this theory and i was talking about it with my boyfriend last night like when when we went on our first date and when we had met before we had you know started dating i would say that my boyfriend technically put me in this box of like oh like i think this is like a hot girl from the city like we might like have fun like go on a nice date but like it's not going to be anything serious like he, I mean, technically, right, like put me in that box. And then we went on a date and it turned out that we had a lot in common that I think I like pleasantly surprised him and that he thought I was just going to be like, you know, this girl from the city who like he thinks is cute. But I had like, you know, more depth to me. And like we were actually a lot more similar than he thought. He thought that I was like going to be this like cool girl who like brushed him up. And it wasn't the case. And so... Technically, I left his box and went into a different box of like, oh, someone I could live with and see my life seriously with. And I think that happens a lot. I think that saying that people are put into a box before you know them is... Or or maybe I have to listen again. I think maybe Tink says like once they meet you, but I feel like it's limiting to, to dating. I, I feel like when you, like, for example, I'll like go out with a guy and be like, oh, this guy's younger. Like, he's definitely, you know, like, going to be a fuck buddy. Like, nothing serious. And then I could go out with him and really like him and then end up marrying him and vice versa. Like, I think that a guy could think like, oh, you know, this girl is like 23. She's immature. And then same thing could happen to him. I think it's hard to make these assumptions before you actually know someone. Are there guys who do probably do the box theory thing? And like, yes, but I feel like those are shitty guys. Like you don't want to be with someone who puts you in a box. You know what I mean? And also like the opposite happens. You could be with somebody who you think is going to be like wifey material and then they end up being shitty and you don't want to be with them in that way. So I feel like there's so much more to it. Um, but I do love Tinks, and I think that everything she says is very wise. I just am not sure about this one particular theory, but again, like I would love to hear more from you guys. So please slide into my DMs and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with base founder, Lola Priego and House of Wise founder, Amanda Getz. Hey ladies. Hey. How's it going?
2: It's going great.
1: I love having female founders on the podcast. It's just such good energy. Like it's, it's amazing. Um, How
2: often do you have two female founders together?
1: I don't know if I ever have, this might be a first. So this is, this is, we're making history right here, which is amazing. Um, Let's start with Amanda. Amanda, how old are you and where are you from?
0: I am 35 and I grew up in a very small town of 800 people in central Illinois. And uh, fun fact, I, I got engaged in 19 and married very young. And then I am
1: divorced and I have three kids now, seven, five, and three. I love that. And I'm excited to dive into that a little bit. And Lola, how about you? How old are you and where are you from?
2: I am 30 years old. And this accent that you hear is from Spain. Originally, I came to the US about eight, nine years ago. And I didn't marry young. And it's looking like I'm going to marry maybe. I will marry really old.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to have um, you both on the different ends of the spectrum. Before we get into things about you guys and your dating lives, I want to hear a little bit about... House of Wise and about BASE. Let's start with you, Lola. Tell us a little bit about BASE. I have participated in it um, and I'm waiting on my results, but what does that mean to everyone listening? Um, What am I waiting to find out?
2: Well, I guess that you did the Sex Drive, Deep Dive bundle. Exactly. BASE starts with the idea that we really do not know what's going on with our bodies. And it truly started when I was experiencing chronic brain fog and fatigue. And I am really active and I really hated having to, you know, like try different things and not solve the problem. And eventually what I realized is when I did, you know, a series of lab tests, it was my vitamins and my hormones. And sometimes you blame yourself, like I'm not good enough. You know, like maybe this is not the thing that is going to fix my brain fog issue, my diet issue. In your case, uh, your sex drive, right? Like a lot of women um, and also men blame themselves when they have low libido when they don't realize that it could be a hormonal imbalance. So what we do at Base is we we test you, we help you understand what's going on, why are you feeling the way that you're feeling, and then with that data, we give you data driven recommendations on how to fix it from there.
1: And Base can be taken, like the test can be taken by men as well, right?
2: Yes, it's for both men and women.
1: So for me, what's interesting is that I feel like I have the opposite problem. Like my sex drive is like high. And so I wonder, is that something that like will come up as well um, in a test? Yes,
2: actually happened to me when I was doing the House of Wives. (laughs) And I'll I'll, I'll, Amanda introduce House of Wives. Yes, tell us all. Mm Mm-hmm that my sex drive got crazy high and it's, it's also good um, for like a few, you know, fun facts that you can learn about the, you know, like high sex drive or, or like, you know, really powerful libido, which you have to be careful because that could also lead to like adrenal fatigue and a few other mm-hmm. things. But yeah, like it's, uh, if, if someone does the test, you know, like we typically see a lot of people that are doing the test because they have low libido problems. But if you take the test and you know you have like really high sex drive, a uh, really high sex drive score, like great for you.
1: I love that, Amanda. Tell us about House of Wise and kind of what it. So it's gummies and it's CBD gummies. Tell us a little bit more though, because you know there's a few CBD gummies out there, but I know that House of Wise is different.
0: Yeah. So I started House of Wise, I was leading marketing for The Knot, the wedding company. And I found myself kind of at the height of my career. I had three kids under the age of four and I was going through a divorce. And I found that one, there's just a stigma around talking about all of these things that I was going through. Like I've gone through infertility, I've gone through miscarriages and I was going through a divorce. And I felt like there was stigma around that. And then I also found that media and society like glamorizes going home and drinking two bottles of wine at night as a mom, but they don't talk about what that does to your body. And I had this massive stigma being raised very conservatively. I, I'm like, I, I joke that I'm a recovering Catholic, but I was raised very conservatively, and cannabis was put into this like, other bucket that, like, you don't talk about that is a drug, as a you know, gateway drug, whatever. And what I learned throughout this time, where I was going through so much anxiety and situational depression, and I was going to therapy, the two glasses of wine at night was really hurting me. My sleep was a mess, my anxiety attacks were just increasing, my workouts were horrible. And so I turned to cannabis kind of out of desperation and it helped me so much, but yet there wasn't a brand that was speaking to me as someone who has kids that has a full-time career. And I'm, I saw an opportunity to not only build a cannabis brand with women, with products that women could trust. We have sleep, sex, and stress, but more around a community that empowers women to kind of be in their the driver's seat of their lives and feeling in control without double standards, without stigmas, that we can talk about these things. Cause I just felt like I have my mom friends, I have my work friends and founder friends, but th- then I have friends that I talk about sex with and I'm like, we need a place where we can just be ourselves in totality and not fragmented. And that's what I wanted to build with House of Wise.
1: I love that. And so what made you guys partner up together? Or like, how did you find each other?
0: It was an investor connected us, right, Lola?
2: Yes, yes, yes. I think I saw your brand, Amanda, and I really loved it. Um, And what we saw base where, you know, like we got approached by Juice Press and a few other brands that wanted to prove, you know, their products and like how they were from a science perspective. And as Amanda, I'm a huge believer in CBD. I've also used it many times. You know, it helps me cope with anxiety and simply put, I'm I'm a person that has really high cortisol levels. Uh, I'm always doing a million things and CBD just really helps you wind down at a moment, you know, at, at times where you really need to into recharge so when I saw Amanda's brand I just saw like the perfect opportunity to prove to the world that CBD works because I've heard it a million times right when people like they're like wait is this thing really you know working like it's CBD like weed I'm not really sure about it and during the summer I also did a test uh, myself to prove the effects of CBD and I I saw like, you know, how helpful it was for my cortisol levels. Mm. And we were exploring the effects of CBD and sex drive hormones. And, you know, when I saw House of Wives, I'm like, this is, you know, this is the perfect partnership.
1: I love it. And I have to ask because I ask people usually when they come on the podcast, you know, as with their partner and stuff, but you guys are partners in business. So I'm so curious, when are your birthdays?
0: I'm a Libra. I'm October. You
1: are. I I was getting Libra energy from you, but I didn't want to guess. I was going to say you're either a Libra or an Aries, which is really funny because it's the opposite. Um, What about you, Lola?
2: All right. Now you have to try to guess my birthday. Uh, Or like what? Okay.
1: Okay. Give me a hint. What is the weather like in New York during your birthday? Uh,
2: It's the perfect weather.
1: Hmm. So either it's coming up or just happened or it's in the fall.
2: It's in the kind of the fall. I mean, <laughs> now I'm going to tell you effectively.
1: Are you a Scorpio?
2: I'm very good. I'm September 8th.
1: Ah, that is the perfect weather. I love that so much. Um, And that also speaks to why, you know, you... Know all the things going on in the background. I feel like Virgos are so meticulous, and that's really interesting. Amanda told us a little bit about her relationship status. Lola, what is yours? You said that you know you might get married late. Does that mean that you're single and looking?
2: I am um, engaged. Uh, question mark. Uh, we, you know, we are trying to figure out a few things. COVID is really has been really really hard for you know many couples. Mm -hmm. So we are just in that kind of middle ground, what's going on. Uh, Definitely not looking, but I'm trying to understand what I want. And it's super cool because I am living relationships at a whole new level that I never thought I would. You know, typically people tend to be or either together or split up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And humans, we, we don't do well in the unknown. Right? Like, oh, we really didn't know where this is going.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And this status for like a few months now. And it's just kind of cool how we are both navigating this situation. Um, I'm also queer. So I'm, I'm dating. Well, I'm, I'm, my partner is a woman. And, you know, we also have women have this stereotype tag to them that it's like, you know, we overthink things and we rush to certain decisions. And I think that it's just pretty cool being in this relationship because it it is certainly a relationship and being able to navigate certain situations of like, you know, difficulties through COVID and not Mm -hmm. being excited about the things that we do together and questioning the relationship, but in a very, very healthy way. Of course, you know, you always have your lows where like things could get tense in a given moment, but overall, uh, that's my status, unknown
1: Interesting. Well, not unknown. I mean, if you're engaged, you're engaged. Like that doesn't change. It's just you're engaged without knowing what's going to happen or when it, you're going to have the date. Um, when is your partner's birthday?
2: It's uh, May second. So it is. It was last weekend. Yeah. Um, we actually celebrated her birthday together in Miami, and it it went. It was it was nuts. I'm really tired this week.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you're really busy and really tired. So that's that's definitely a lot. And Amanda, you had mentioned, um, I don't know if you mentioned this when we were recording or before, but that you and your partner or your ex-partner rather have a really good relationship and a really good friendship, which is so rare and so amazing. How did you get to that point?
0: Yeah. So we we met in college, got engaged very quickly. We had been dating for three months and got engaged. Wow. Yeah. And then we had three awesome kids together, but found ourselves, me more so doing a lot of just introspection on who I was and who I wanted to be and what kind of partner matched that person who I was now in my thirties than as a 19 year old. And we grow, like just human nature. You grow, you evolve, you change. You have different experiences that you learn from. And you, as a relationship, if you don't constantly grow together and become curious about who you are today, not the person you were five years ago when you met, like you have to stay curious about your partner. We didn't do that. And so it led to us separating. And I will say like the first two years of that was not what we are now. Like there's just a lot with any relationship ending, there's a lot of hurt and grief and you know grieving the family you thought you were going to be and what society tells you you should have been and obviously still what society says about divorce. And so working through all of that, but COVID actually, the silver lining was it forced us to get past all of that because a pandemic hit and we had to put the kids first and figure out how we were going to make it all work. And that allowed us to reignite our friendship. There will never be, you know, a reunion of sorts, but uh, it it allowed us to see each other as friends again and be like, oh yeah, we created some cool humans together. This is awesome. Uh, So yeah, that's where we're at. And we're moving to Miami together as a little modern family.
1: I love that. But you're not going to be in the same home.
0: No, we've done that twice now. We had a nesting home for the first year of separation. We nested during COVID. So this house that I'm in speaking from now, we he comes down and stays in it one week a month to be with the kids. But when we move to Miami, we will go back to two separate houses.
1: And when is his birthday just out of curiosity?
0: He's May 17th.
1: A Taurus. I see. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put Libra and Taurus together, but what do I know? Um, <laughs> well, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> so what Do you think that people, like, what do you think is the reason that people struggle so much to understand themselves sexually, especially women? There's like this stigma around masturbation, which still exists, and kind of like pleasuring yourself. What do you think that that is all about? And like, how what you guys are doing can change that?
0: I have so many thoughts, but Lola, do you want to (laughs) go?
2: Well, the great news is that all of those things are changing. And to the point that you said about masturbation, I think, yeah, like it, it all comes from society and, you know, cultural roles, which is more like psychological, I would say. Mm-hmm. And the great news is that social media and the media are changing. And I think that I can only speak about it from the science and the, the hormonal perspective. What we are seeing is that the number one thing is that also people tend to even blame themselves when they are not in the mood, which is the saddest thing ever, because I don't think we haven't seen anyone to this day that, you know, they come to us because they have low libido problems. And the thing is not rooted in a hormonal or like stress issue. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that you know open opening the conversation up to like looking to this also from a, a body and biological perspective is just helping people to accept it even more, which is it's super fun. But I I am really curious to hear Amanda's thoughts here.
0: So I have lots of thoughts. First and foremost, like when I think about media and culture and how women have been imprinted, like what we were raised around, like how does media portray women? Right. It's usually for a man's desire and a man's. And when you think about like even threesomes, for example, it's usually mm. around, you know, two women to pleasure a man or do something for his pleasure. Right. Right. Obviously, in a heteronormative sense. And so if that's what we were imprinted with, like our generation, that's what we saw, then all of a sudden sex becomes utilitarian. And it's not about pleasure for yourself. It's about pleasure for your partner in performing for someone. Mm. And and so there's a lot of issue around what is what is sex? What does it mean to a woman? And then you add on like what we see as being portrayed as like the perfect body, which I will echo what Lola said. Like, I feel like we're, we're starting to finally see a shift in this and more about self-love and loving yourself. But I've spent a lot of time with sex therapists as we, as we build house of wise. And the first thing that a lot of sex therapists do when they're doing like an intimate session with someone is they have them get a mirror and look at their, their body and mm-hmm. actually get familiar with with their like whole Netherlands. They're, they're like actually get familiar with it, and the yeah. amount of insecurity that someone has with actually going face to face with their own genitalia is actually pretty crazy. Because right. that's your body. Like we don't think twice about looking at our arm or our hand, but we become really insecure with putting a mirror down there. And so I, it just shows that we've we've really use that as a utilitarian part. And as a mom, I see it even more at this like heightened level that once you become a mom, it's like, oh, okay. Like that work is done. Like my sex to procreate is done and being raised religious, being told that that's the purpose of sex. Like that affects you as well, where it's like, okay, you've had your kids. Now what is the purpose of sex? Oh, you have to get familiar with the fact that Sex is for pleasure and it's for a lot more. It's for, you know, masturbation. We're in masturbation month right now. And it's like that releases oxytocin. That mm-hmm. helps you sleep better. That is actually good for your health and having like goals around it and saying, like, okay, I will masturbate two times this week, three times this week to help me feel better and de stress and get a better night's sleep. But like, we don't have enough role models talking about that. We kind of have people who talk about sex, and then people that talk about everything else. And I'm, we're trying to like, like I talk about orgasms as part of my de- de-stressing routine. Right. We need more people just talking about it, like,
1: as part of life. Like it's not taboo. I totally agree. I'm always, I'm always like talking about how I'm like pro masturbating, and the other day I like answered a question on Instagram and someone was like, why are you so pro porn? And I was like, I'm it's less about me being pro porn and more about me being like pro pleasure and like happiness. Um, And it's part of your mental health, like masturbating. And so it's so important. Lola a question I had for you is just like, there are so many people that struggle with libido or just partners who have mismatched sex drives I have had, you know, a situation in the past where I was concerned about like a partner's low sex drive and wanted them to to maybe check their like vitals or whatever it is. How do you know when someone like actually might have something that's off versus just like isn't in the mood this time, you know?
2: Yes, and before I go and answer that question, just to piggyback on the conversation from before, definitely masturbating has a lot of benefits because it does decrease your cortisol if you have it high. But by the way, your cortisol levels can also be low, which is adrenal fatigue. And it helps because it increases your testosterone and stradio. It helps like also balance your cortisol levels. So it's absolutely fantastic for your health. And another point, too, is, as someone that is queer, uh, I can already tell you, like, the difference when I've been in relationships with men versus women. And a lot of those issues about, you know, looking for pleasure when you're in a heterosexual relationship, and I'm just purely talking about my experience, is the role in the relationship, like the relationship dynamics, when the guy just goes and gets what they want at all times, like, and this is about like, you know, you're sharing food, like I'm, I'm the person that never eats the last bite or like checks with everyone, like, you know, is, is everyone good? Um, but then, you know, like the, the men men's behavior is way more to like go and get what I want. Right. And, and women, you know, it's clear that we have more empathy. So I think that it's about time that the role of woman, you know, steps up and it's like, yeah, you can have empathy. And at the same time, you can, think in, you can think about what you want for yourself and, you know, like look for that pleasure and just get what you want and ask for what you want. And that's one of the major things that I've observed in my own relationships, right? Said that those dynamics, right? Everywhere, in the bedroom, in the kitchen, mm-hmm. in the living room, uh, it's, it's about those, you know, those uh, that dynamic in the relationship. And then to answer your question, about you know partners and how do you know when there could be an underlying issue uh, or like it's simply it's you know the physical attraction is not there this is a really tough question but I would say if your libido is low at all times there's clearly something going up if you're getting turned on by everyone who's passing by on the street but you look at your partner and nothing is going on there like it seems like you may have a you know, a physical attraction issue to your partner. But if Mm. you across the board every day, you don't feel that libido up, you know, like even if you think about, you know, masturbation or porn, it's just like across the board low. It seems like that kind of indicates that there's usually an issue with your hormones, with your energy, with your stress. Um, And that's how I usually look at it.
1: So it's possible to just, not have it for your partner, but still have it. You know what I mean? Like when you, when like a relationship is over and you're just like done kind of being intimate.
0: So towards (laughs) the end of my relationship, something that my therapist pointed out, this, this is going to sound horrible, but the smell of my Mm -hmm. act bothered me.
1: It's like an and aversion like in it
0: pregnancy. It was an aversion but like think about pheromones are about like that bonding and chemical bonding and, mm. and like you're attracted to somebody and in the beginning you're just like new babies like new babies are like crack cocaine for me like oh I my god want the best smell, smell in the world. constantly. But I feel like that every time I start dating someone new I'm like their smell just turns me on so much mm. but then at the same at the end of a relationship it's like the the adverse like inverse of it and so there's definitely got to be like chemical things happening that turn you off when you're no longer like a term that I learned in divorce is like decathect. You actually detach from them and you start to bring your emotions back into your own. And, and like you become an independent kind of free floating ion again, Mm. you're no longer attached to that person at all. And that's when you know, like, the relationship's over. Like, you've completely withdrawn all of your, like, affection and and emotions from them.
1: Yeah, that's a very real thing um, and something to for sure pay attention to. But is it possible to just go through, like, periods of time in a long-term relationship where you're just not feeling like having sex with them? You know what I mean? And things, like, are still okay? Yeah.
2: Well, there's this thing too, like the um, neuroreceptors that you have on your brain. They do have a a critical role in your, you know, how turn on you get. Uh, And serotonin, it's a a big driver. So if you get depressed because you're going through a tough time with your partner and like at at the time where you're together, you, you know, you get really sad because of the emotional baggage that you have, or like, you know, you have mental noise about the fights that you you know, that you had this like over the period of a few weeks mm. uh, that definitely can affect you. And I'm just, again, talking from a science perspective, I would say, you know, there's nothing like experiencing life to understand it. Just pay attention and observe it. Science is just here to like give you a logical explanation about what's going on. But personally, again, also from my experience, i believe lived that because when you are going through a tough time and you're sad and you're with that person, and then you get sad when you're with that person. I have not been in the mood, but then once that you know, uh, once that's over, and we manage to get through it, my libido gets you know back up and running with the same person. So from my experience, I would say yes. And from what I know from science, it seems like there's an explanation.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So we do these poll questions on our Instagram and they're really fun, kind of like rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you guys some questions and see what you think. Okay. Some of them are silly and some of them are like more intense. If you, if you live with a roommate, do you split groceries or do each buy your own? My roommates are toddlers. So I have to buy all my If you had a rough day at work and you aren't in a great mood, but you have a first date that night, should you reschedule or suck it up and go?
2: I would suck it up.
1: I agree. I I I think it would feel better. (laughs) You never know. Do you pee when you're on the phone? Yes. (laughs) Me too. I don't. (laughs) I get pee shy.
0: Oh, I just mute. Mute, mute while you actually mute. peeing, but then everything else, you can just keep talking.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, do you feel uncomfortable? I guess this goes along. Okay. Is it too soon to get your significant other of six months mom a Mother's Day gift?
0: I It has to be authentic. Like if you really genuinely thought about them and they've, they're an important person in your life and you genuinely want to because... Yeah. You feel like that's a great thing to do, then do it. But don't do it because you feel like you should. Like if that's the the motive behind it, then no. You can, you know, make right. sure and, and I I will take this back. You shouldn't make sure your partner celebrates their mom. That is on them. Don't take on roles
1: in right.
0: your life for someone else. I well said the hard way.
1: Well said. Is it a turn off if the person you're dating doesn't use a reusable water bottle? We were just talking about this,
2: Amanda. Not really. It's not. They, a they just turnoff. use a glass. But
1: like, they only drink out of plastic bottles. That's that's kind of a turnoff to me at this point in life.
0: Yeah, it's more consideration, right? Like, are they aware of what's happening in the world? And yeah, like if if yeah, that's actually a good question.
2: Hmm. How Maybe many? They just don't know better.
1: Yeah. It's it's possible. How many in-app exchanges, like in a dating app, before it's appropriate to ask for a number? One to three or four to six?
2: One to three. I, I agree. chatting on dating apps.
1: I know, I like get it going. It.
0: Do you guys go to Instagram first? Like for me, the progression is dating app to IG. Mm. Then they get my number. I feel like dating app to text is like, whew.
1: I hear you, but some people would say like, oh, they're like a fuck boy if they ask for my IG before my number. But I disagree. I think that you need to make sure that you're not... (laughs) Well, you need to make sure that they're not like catfishing you. So it's good to get their IG, you know? Yeah. How long would you stick around a casual relationship if you wanted something more serious? Up to three months or three plus?
2: I would say depending on how I'm feeling. You know, there's a moment that if you want, want to, if you need more and that person is not giving it to you, like it will become clear that you need to step away. I would not think about it. I would just, you know, whenever I feel like it's not for me, I would step out. This is a
1: good one for you guys based on our conversation. Often the sex ends at just foreplay rather than turning into intercourse, but both finish. Is that a red flag? Yes or no?
0: Always like that's there, they're saying that it never leads to penetration.
2: Yeah, I think so. That one doesn't come for me. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, I, I well, and honestly, like, there are so many ways to have sex, like, sex is not just about penetration and finishing. It's
1: true. I think if you're both like, if you're both having an orgasm and enjoying it, then it doesn't really matter what you're doing.
2: Yeah, I, I would. Agree with that specifically, you know, in my experience with women, like yeah. there's no penetration. So,
1: right, uh, yeah. When you're making out with your significant other who you've been dating with for a long time, do you still use tongue?
2: Oh,
0: yeah. Agreed. Yes.
1: And then last one, should you meet each other's friends right before or right after becoming official?
0: Before. Same. I think that that's a huge indicator of who the person is. I think you shouldn't become official until you've met the friends.
1: I agree. It's such an important step. You have to see how they interact. And if you're cringing based on them meeting your friends, it's probably a red flag. Yep. Before we close out, can you guys leave us with a quote or piece of advice that has helped you throughout the years, starting with whoever has one in their head at this moment?
0: The best advice I got just throughout my journey of navigating a divorce and all this is that just remember that there's no medal for surviving life at the end of it. Like this is your life. And so if you're not happy, it's up to you to to figure out how to make it happy. And if you're in a situation that doesn't serve you anymore no one cares about your life as much as you think that they do. Like we're all just in our own bubbles. And so that helped me remove any stigmas or guilt I felt about people pleasing and not being a picture perfect person for anyone else. And that was so freeing to me, so.
1: I love that. It's so true. Lola, what about you?
2: For me was to accept that everyone is doing what they can at every, at every moment, including yourself, right? That goes, that's so applicable to relationships when you get frustrated about your partner, you know, X, Y, and Z and and a coworker, an employee, yourself, right? Like if you could have done something different at a given time, you would have. Mm. That would have been better. But with the emotional tools, with your thoughts, that person that you were at a given time, you did your very best and so is everyone at every time. So.
1: I love that. We have to be more forgiving. Where can everybody find House of Wise, find base, order it, and try it out?
0: Yeah. Uh, House of Wise, if you go to houseofwise.co, you can check out all of our products. But um, we like to, to buy it from a wise woman if you give a little affiliate commission to all of our community, So if you go to our um, Instagram, you'll find us and uh, you can buy from a wise woman, which is what we like to do.
2: I love that. And you can find base at get-base.com.
1: And um, you guys can use my code to get 20% off your first month of both of base and 20% off your house of wise purchase when you use code ACME. So we really want you guys to try it and check it out. You just have to go to get-base.com slash house of wise to see what they're up to and um, use code ACME. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Thank you.